0: Sunday afternoon to all of you out there in the world of the draft and the craft, and it's a little bit snowy out, JP. And it is a Sunday afternoon, so I think it's time for one of these. Usually, we do this stuff in the morning, and so not always the right time to have a beverage. At least not. Did you just pop a beer? I did just pop a beer. How did you had the most silent beer pop of all time? Well, you're gonna hear it. You're gonna hear it on the podcast, even if you didn't hear it. You know in the microphone. I'm, I'm pouring it right now. You can see it. Everybody else can hopefully hear a little bit of it. And it's, what it's do you kind of have, do you nice have it. a goblet? Are you drinking a beer out of a goblet? No, no, no. You don't understand, man. When you talk about goblets, goblets are one thing. This is not a goblet. This is like a chalice. This is a mason jar with a stem that's been glued onto it that I got at a garage sale, and it is the perfect mug to drink a beer out of for a podcast like this. Let's be honest. You are
1: going to spill that thing. No, it's going to be amazing. You, sir, have what I call a goblet. You call a chalice, but it's a makeshift yard sale mason jar. It and is definitely a mason jar one. that's been glued on.
0: Yeah, I just uh, add mine in a Yeti. We're going to talk about it later because our beer breaks come kind of in the middle of the show. But I have got a beer from Short Fuse Brewing Company called For Goodness Shakes. And I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to drink it as we talk about this. But I'm not going to talk about the beer until we get to the appropriate time in the show. You can feel free to crack one open too, bud. Oh, I did. I already mentioned that. I guess I did it prematurely and poured it into just a simple Yeti Mm -hmm. mug. You got to step up the game when you're doing this for the people out there. Uh Well, the other thing we do for the people is we talk about the draft and the craft. We already got the draft out of the way. Or did we? We got the craft out of the way? Or did we? Either way you want to look at it. We talked a little bit about a beer. We're going to talk more about beer later. We got to talk some football. Free agency is days away, is like literal days It's kind away. of we've started. Already seen, yeah, we've <laughs> seen some dominoes start to fall. There's this tampering period where it's like you can talk to people, but don't talk to people, but don't tell us that you've talked to people, whatever. Point is, teams are talking to people, things are happening. And so we thought it would be a good idea post-combine, pre-free agency to talk about all of the teams in the NFL, the the, the 16 that you kind of look after, the 16 that I look after, the ones we share together, etc., and talk about what the teams need so whether it be needing in free agency or things they can fill in the draft because some of this you can say oh well this team doesn't have a hole there and then you realize well actually this team is going to have a problem because of how much money they got to spend here there etc or wherever so we're gonna start off with the AFC like we do we're gonna start off with the top of the compass like we do with the AFC North so why don't you kick us off JP all right man I'm gonna start out in Cincinnati here
1: um You know, it's interesting taking a dive dive into them. I mean, I'm not going to go – I mean, if you go anywhere and look on the internet, you know, you're going to see Cincinnati, they need tight end, they need O-tackle, they need cornerback, they need safety. Those are going to be the most common things you see. But for me personally, I guess for the sake of the show, I'm just going to talk about, like, the two main needs to me. And in my opinion, it's still, like, it's still offensive line. I don't care what any of these websites say, like, when they're saying – cornerbacks a huge it's a need it's Mm -hmm. definitely a need but I'm sorry they had a whole all starting five were like different (laughs) from the previous year and only one of the five really like played the majority of the season and that was the rookie Cordell Volson Mm -hmm. like at some point in time they had lost all four of the other O-linemen I just (laughs) don't have any faith in this I mean right I, I don't I don't know Jonah Williams has battled injuries his whole career Mm-hmm. Um, the other guys were all free agent deals. I mean, you brought in Ted Karras. He was from New England, Kappa from Tampa, and Lyle Collins mm-hmm. from Dallas. I just – I don't know. I don't have faith in how they built this offensive line. So, to me, right. they definitely got to go a goal line. Um, but the next biggest need, I wouldn't blank. – I'm going to blanket statement, say just DB. <laughs> I know sure. most places you go look, and it just says specifically cornerback. Mm-hmm. I think I would disagree with that. I mean, you have – Dax Hill coming in as safety, right. yes. We also know he's a little bit of a hybrid. He can probably fill in some corner mm-hmm. here and there. But I mean, Von Bell, Jesse Bates, Eli Apple, all free agents. Right. Two of those are safeties. So, if I mean, you could make a case safety might be a bigger need. But again, I have Dax mm-hmm. Hill coming in there. But I don't just don't have a ton of faith in Shadobi Awuzie. I mean, he's not the same player as what he was when he was in Dallas. Right. What is that face for, Dan? I can see you making. Oh, a I'm doing a little face selfie with, with that the beer, man. Super weird
0: glass. Selfie and beer selfie, man. You did a selfie while we're doing a podcast about beer and football. Well, first off, you've just been waxing poetic about the absolute dumpster fire of an offensive line that Cincinnati's had for a yes. few years, so I figured I could say a quick picture, and then you call All me right. out in front of everybody. My bad. I apologize. Oh, no, that's great. But offensively, I will
1: say this. I mean, tight end could be a sneaky need because the Hayden mm-hmm. Hurst free agent, they might bring some of these guys back, and who knows if they're right. going to tag Jesse Bates. I doubt it with the drama between the two over the years. <laughs> yeah. But I would say O-line in general, in DB in general, would be mm-hmm. the biggest needs for the Bengals. So, I mean, insert anybody that they – that where, what number are they at in the draft?
0: They are sitting all you know the middle soccer? of the road. They're in the twenties. I'll have to
1: pull That's that. That's what up. I thought. Exactly. So, I mean, they're going to miss out on the top tier. You Sorry, twenty nine. their way
0: up there. Twenty nine. Yeah,
1: they're going to miss out on the top three big tackles. I mean, oh yeah. Maybe they could take a shot at some of the interior guys. You know, like uh, Torrance. He'll probably be gone. Mm-hmm. Maybe a John Michael Schmitz or a Titman They could take guys that are big enough to not just play center. I right. could see him maybe Anton Harrison. Um, if they yeah. go the DB route, I mean, I don't think the big three cornerbacks or Brian Branch will be there because I mean, I think that Witherspoon and Gonzo and Porter will all be gone. But mm-hmm. you could be looking at like a Cam Smith or you know so- something like that, right? Maybe, maybe if not Cam Smith, I, I don't. Know, it's hard to say with the safeties. I know like Daniel Jeremiah is super big on Jair Brown, but he had an awful combine. and I just don't see it on tape. Right. So, um. I would say any of the interior linemen or Anton Harrison. And then as far as the DBs go, um, Cam Smith could be a guy. Riley Moss, mm-hmm. Keely Ringo, Deontay Banks, maybe. Riley Moss isn't going to go that high. Ringo, I, I still don't see him going in the first. I feel like I'm doing a super long take on the Bengals, so I'll tighten this up <laughs> now with now some of good. the other ones. but. Go ahead. You 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 take a team. I got it. They get it's O line man, and it's it's DB. Right. It's not just corner. They could take no. any
0: defensive back and plug them in. Well, right, and again with the with the more we're seeing guys that kind of flip flop between the two, that certainly makes sense. And that's the point though. We're doing this because not only is it free agency coming up where there's going to be some guys in some spots they can pick up. It's also going to be in the draft. It's also not just going to be the first round. You see starters in uh, second round, third round. You Again, day two is your favorite day of the draft. So talking about mm-hmm. these players and who might be around is a big deal because Cincinnati is 29 and then 61 and then 93. They don't have any extra picks in there, and so they've got to be very targeted with what they're doing. Yeah, they're they're going to have picks. to hit some needs that they miss out on a free agency for sure. Exactly. And again, you know who really wants them to do that? Is Joe Burrow and then whoever they're going to have at running back because that's a whole other thing. You didn't talk about running back, which is fine, but both of those guys could be gone if they want to because Mixon didn't have as good of a year last year. He's got a ten million dollars option. P. Ryan is technically a free agent. I think I don't think he's restricted or unrestricted, but that's another thing for them where they're going to go with that direction. So, but you I'm also know that I, be- I believe that you can find
1: three or four running backs in every single <laughs> right. round. Well, so. and again,
0: I think honestly, if, if they if they stick with anybody at home, maybe you do. Uh, ditch Mixon. I like Mixon. Uh, I didn't like him coming out of college, but I like him better now. Uh, But I think they can get a lot of production out of P. Ryan for a lot cheaper. So that's all the fun part about running backs. So we're going to stay in the state of Ohio and then get out of Ohio as fast as we can uh, with the Cleveland Browns. And Cleveland is definitely in a worse position than Cincinnati overall. They have a quarterback that should be good next year once he's shaken off all the rust. And he'd better be for as much money as they're paying. Their secondary seems like it's all right. But for them, the rest of the offense, they've got at least one hole on the offensive line. I think that's something I'm going to say for pretty much every team. Every team we talk about is in the market for an offensive lineman. Somewhere on their line, whether it's guard that's a or tackle. Assumption. Some teams need a center, but guard or tackle. You can almost always upgrade one spot in line. Even the Lions, we like their line. Let's be honest. I like Vaitai. He seems like a good dude, right? But no, going to upgrade go. him, right? Exactly, especially for the price tag. But the big focus for Cleveland they need a running mate for Miles Garrett that isn't gonna you know badmouth the franchise like Jadavian Clowney did. Uh, I like JOK coming out of college. I'm not convinced that he's a long term fit for them, and certainly could use somebody else at that level uh, on the defense. And uh, the big question for them too is who else are they gonna have a wide receiver? Because Donovan Peoples Jones is one of the few things they could do to try to get under, uh, try to move a little bit under the cap. Because right now they're 13 million over. And they've got to do ish 13 to 19. I'm trying to look at the numbers, make it right. The point is, they've got that window they need to work through, too. And so trying to figure out who they're going to move around is a big piece for them, too. And so for Cleveland, though, like, again, O-line, D-line kind of should be their focus. Problem is, they don't have a pick until the 43rd pick. And so when you look at the draft, if they can't come up with an adequate edge rusher solution in free agency, they're getting to mid-second round. So some of the guys we've talked about could maybe be there. Like, I don't think Kalaja is going to be there at 43. Obviously, Van Ness, some of those guys aren't going to be there at 43. Some of the players that we lump into the group of 12 other pass rushers might be. And so you could see them potentially ending up with a guy that's, you know, more in the ballpark of, uh, shoot, I don't even know. I mean, because Nolan Smith's going to be gone by that point. Like, some of the guys, one of the Bryant Youngs might be there, but that's my point. It's like, yeah, it's kind of one of those situations for them. The good news is. There's where they're going to be picking. There's kind of lumps of talent, so they can just kind of pick the guy they like out of that bunch. But the bad news is, not pick until forty-three. They're going to have to address some of that in free agency if they want to be competitive this year.
1: All right, let's get out of Ohio. Like you said, let's get out of there as quick as we can. Please. I'm going to go to. <laughs> I'm going to go to another team that you don't care for too much irrationally, yeah. but it is what okay. it is. Okay. Going to Pennsylvania, we're going to talk about the Steelers here. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'll say this though, as far offensively, like the Steelers don't, they don't have like any free agents that break my heart, even if sure. and none of them come back. I mean, maybe there's a little soft spot for Derek Watt just so he can play with his brother TJ. But right. defensively, there's a couple. You got Larry Ogan, Joby, um, Devin Bush, even though they have Miles mm-hmm. Jack and Alex Highsmith there. So, I mean, it's sad to see him go, but I mean, they're going to be all right there. Mm hmm. Terrell Edmonds, that'd probably be the extent of people that you maybe would feel sad about leaving. But right. I got to stick with the old line that I said all year long on this podcast. Mm-hmm. I still think it's their biggest need. I mean, it's a little different story than the Bengals. I guess not everybody was hurt and missed a ton of time, but mm-hmm. it just didn't look good. <laughs> right. I mean, Kenny Pickett was running for his life. I mean, Najee Harris couldn't get anything going I mean, I feel like they definitely need to do something to upgrade that. The second biggest mm-hmm. need, in my opinion, would be the defensive line for them. Now, I know that you maybe you heard some some gasps from people, <laughs> the Steelers fans there, because mm-hmm. everybody t- talks about them being a defensive back, needy team. I mean, yeah, it'd be fun to see Joey Porter go there. You mm-hmm. get it, yeah. the junior. It would be fun, but... I got to think this team's got bigger needs in the trenches, either offensive or defensive line, mm-hmm. at least in my opinion. I don't, I don't think you chase the corner early. You could. I mean, they've got other picks. I mean, they're not like, they're not missing a ton of them. But mm-hmm. I guess when I look at it, where they're at in the draft, I think they're at, at 17. Is that where they're at? Yeah, they're at 17, 17. Then they're at 33 as well. <laughs> Correct. So when I think about DB, like, 33s where you could be grabbing, you know, your your Cam Smiths mm-hmm. or Tyreek Stevens, uh, any of these guys. I mean, there, there are a lot. Keely Ringo. They could grab yep. Keely Ringo at 33. There are going to be a handful of cornerbacks that they could grab there. I mean, mm-hmm. Deontay Banks will probably be gone, but you could be looking at like a, a Darius Rush or something like that. Tyreek right. Stevenson, like I said, even though I think I called him Stevens a minute ago, but you get it. <laughs> but... If it were me, what I would really be doing at 17, you might be able to get that third tackle there. Mm-hmm. Whether that's, you know, I think Paris Campbell is probably going to be the first guy gone. We'll see. Skronsky will probably still be too. But if they could get Broderick Jones, which I doubt it. But, I mean, if he were right. there at 17, what a pick that would be. But mm-hmm. on the defensive line, I mean, you could be taking a guy that we love, like Kalijah Canty. He should be there. Mm-hmm. Yep. maybe Lucas Van Ness is there. I know he's a little more on the outside, but he just kind of feels like he would fit that Steelers mold a little bit. Yeah. So I, I guess that's the direction that I would be heading if I were Pittsburgh. I mean, wouldn't hate sure. it if they took Joey Porter Jr. at 17. Mm-hmm. I just think that you can probably still get a quality corner later. Right. And I really
0: like Kalasha a lot. Yeah. I mean, Van Ness might be gone by 17, though, too, the way he's been. I think he, he be. mm-hmm. I think he will be. I think he will be. But see, yeah. like I said, Canse could be
1: that. there if if one of those three big offensive tackles are there. That's a no brainer. That's the dream scenario mm-hmm. for Pittsburgh, in my opinion. But but Cancy and Watt rushing next to
0: each other would be a nightmare. Oh man, that'd be a lot like, of fun. What are you What are you gonna do? You you have two, mind you, undersized guys, but two super fast dudes. Good luck. That would yeah, just you be- got the inside and outside. Right. It's like you see NBA teams that do the, the super small lineups and mess with your, your, your configurations and stuff because you can't guard everybody. Same now, the only, the only thing I would say,
1: though, is the type of defense, like the 3-4 typical style, I'm right. not sure that Kansi fits that all that well. No, he'd have to be an end. And I mean, because sure they, they typically have the really big... Yeah, they, right. they basically run three d linemen three
0: bigger mm-hmm. d linemen and then four linebackers but well I mean, yeah and again in, in a three four a lot of the time like you talked about you're using those d linemen to create space for the linebackers so that's not cansy's yeah. game but it'd still be fun to watch it's, them next it, to it's, each other. it's an interesting thought i mean if they didn't do mm-hmm. that you
1: know they grab on the tackles like i said that's a no-brainer but even if they did go a Joey porter because cornerback is in need i mean there's some There's some D linemen that they could still grab later in the draft that we like a lot. So I don't think they would have to go D line. I guess I would just wanted
0: to stress one last time that O line (laughs) is the way where they should go. Right, but I think we can agree, O-line, D-line, corner, safety, that area, those are the three best areas for them. So, we're going to jump to the last team in the NFC, or AFC North, rather, and that's the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens, I mean, I'm going to take the low-hanging fruit to begin with, wide receiver. They have Rashad Bateman, who can't stay healthy, but can get offended by his GM saying they don't have any good wide receivers, which, fair. But other than that, DeMarcus Robinson's kind of bounced around. Devin Duvernay hit and miss. Sammy Watkins has been everywhere and, you know, not been able to stick. I mean, I love to have Andy Isabella deep in the depth chart. love to see him stand out, but it's probably not going to happen. But Baltimore definitely can look at wide receiver in the first round or grab one in free agency. But I don't know outside of, like, I don't think Odell is the guy you want to grab necessarily. Uh, that's kind of where they're at with that position. That's definitely an area of need for them. I don't know if they're going to be able to pry Jacoby Myers away or something like that. Uh, But then you also look at the other areas that they need to improve. And Baltimore, I mean, the other big question to them, let's be honest, wide receiver and what are they doing with Lamar? Is Lamar Jackson going to stay there? Are they going to get two first round picks for him that they can turn into a quarterback, potentially? Are they going to bring somebody else in? Because they don't have great options behind him. Let's be honest. They're not a great team without... You can debate whether they're a great team with Lamar, but they're not a great team without Lamar. So what they're going to do there is a big choice for them to make with where they're going to end up with things. And the sooner they can figure that out, the better. But the problem is, it's probably not going to be something. Lamar Jackson has no incentive to rush this process, unless it's a team that wants to just splash right on the board. And that doesn't seem like it's going to happen, or at least teams are saying they won't. And a lot of it's because teams don't want to have fully guaranteed contracts. They don't want that to be the precedent, because there's always the assumption that once a guy's got his money, he's not going to try as hard. And that's neither here nor there otherwise. That's what you see in other sports on occasion. And you see other guys who outplay their contracts even when they get fully guaranteed ones. So it really just depends on the person. If you think Lamar is the kind of guy that's going to slack off, you definitely don't want to pay him guaranteed money. Bigger question with him is, can he stay healthy? Because as you said in the last show, you don't think he's ever going to play another 17-game season. I do not. He's never done it. Why would he all of a sudden do it? Well, admittedly, he played a 16-game season. (laughs) Right, but But he's never played 17. But he only did that once. Yeah, right. And he played he played 15 twice because I think they they rested him the last week of the season. But point being, his last two seasons, there have been big injury questions. And like you talk about his style of play, does Baltimore want to go in a different direction? But Baltimore built their offense for him. And so that's another team that could definitely use another offensive lineman. And then the other question mark I have for Baltimore is their secondary. The safeties are all right. Obviously, they got Kyle Hamilton, who's who's coming on strong at the end of the year. But they could definitely use a cornerback. And in that, if they can't fill whichever of those two position groups they don't fill, in free agency between wide receiver and corner. I think they've got to go the other one when it comes to the, the first round of the draft. The only other piece that I think they really need is, uh, is somebody else on the defensive line because they're getting old there and their, their talent level is not where where I think it needs to be at this point, unless they feel really good about some of the guys they've got. But Baltimore has more questions than answers coming into the offseason. And the big first domino is obviously Lamar and it goes from there. As long as they don't draft Zay Flowers. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, you're trying to, here's the thing. Do you want? Would you rather have Baltimore draft Zay Flowers and you be annoyed that he goes to a team that you don't like but might be able to thrive in a situation as a top wide receiver? Or would you rather have him go to, like, the Patriots where you just know he's going to get ruined because he's a first-round draft pick by the Patriots? But if the Patriots get him in the second round, he'll be a monster. Right. That's a different story. But he ain't gonna, yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, we'll talk same. about where we think he's going to end up a little later right. on. But let's go to the AFC South, start us off. All right, I'm going to start you off in the great state of Tennessee.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, man, this has been a team that's just been it, – it's been tough <laughs> along what the way. What are they doing? Really, yeah. I mean – Do they know what they're from doing? From getting rid of their GM to you know finding the GM to mm-hmm. all just the direction. the ru- I even heard rumors about the, them getting Lamar. I mean, they were rumored to
0: mm-hmm.
1: a, a possible destination for Brady, and it's like, okay, for you sure. still have – you still got Tannehill and then you drafted Eli Willis, so you're trying to groom, and then I heard Derrick Henry's on the trade block. They traded AJ Brown and that, that's where it all started. They cursed themselves right. by trading AJ Brown. But I'll I'll get on mm-hmm. I'll get off that a, a Titan right. sized shotgun to the foot right there. Yeah. Here's what I'll say though. Biggest need it's it's O line. I don't know how, and it's like you already Mm -hmm. alluded to the fact we're going to say that a lot today, but I mean, second biggest need, I would just say maybe linebacker. I don't, I know Long's a free agent, but I just don't really, he might be the only free agent that they really have that would break Mm -hmm. my heart to leave. And that wouldn't even really break my heart, to be honest with you. (laughs) He's the only free agent they have starting on defense. Yep. Yep. And I just, I don't see anybody that I trust to be the, the captain or the, the, the center of that defense, if you will. Mm -hmm. But Dude, they've got three starting O linemen that are free agents and one backup. So I mean, O lines without a doubt their biggest need. This mm-hmm. is going to be a simple short take for the team because I mean they're sitting at eleven here yep. with Chicago trading out of the first pick. Oh, we haven't even talked about that on the
0: podcast. We'll get back later. But Chicago <laughs> we'll get back won. To them. Chicago talk about that next show. They, do. they did. Yeah, Chicago won that deal. I'll just say that right now. But that's NFC. What? That's NFC business. Next yeah. show. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, Chicago, in my opinion, might be the first team to grab the offensive tackle, right? Mm-hmm. You could see one go before there, but I, I bet it's Chicago. So, what that means mm-hmm. is two picks later, Tennessee's going to have th- their pick of every offensive lineman in this draft except for whoever Chicago takes, oh, which would probably bet. be Paris Johnson Jr. But with, that, with Tennessee having holes all over the entire offensive line, what better Pete? spot for Peter – what's that? Pete – yeah, Peter, Peter Skoronsky can play yeah. anywhere on there. Plug and play him. Try him at tackle. If it don't work out, move him inside. Just accept the fact that you got a Pro Bowl guard.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's
1: move on. I, I wouldn't touch a linebacker there. I said that's her biggest need. Right. This is offensive line all day. It's easy. Like I feel yeah. very confident saying now that between now and draft day, nothing's going to change that would make it to me. I wouldn't say take Skaranski because they could go sign mm-hmm. a tackle. They could sign a right. guard. He could play whatever still. one they don't sign. If they <laughs> sign both, they still have three free agents on the O-line. Mm-hmm. So unless they got three do the Cincinnati thing, which didn't work last year, where you go buy right. a brand-new
0: offensive line, <laughs> Skaronsky. And with respect to Dennis Daly, Corey Levin, and Nate Davis, I think Skaronsky is better than all three of them, especially at the price tag. So mm-hmm. that's a whole other thing to figure out. Anything else with the uh, Tennessee? What else do they need to work on? Dude, is is those well? <laughs> they need to find the direction they're going and figure
1: out yeah. if they're rebuilding or if they're blowing it up. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Derrick Henry's still on the roster, but I mean, c- and yeah, that makes and me think offensive line even more because it, right. let's say they blow this thing up and they trade Derrick Henry, and they're starting all over and chasing Lamar. But you can't do that either. Like, how do you, how would you chase a Lamar and then trade Derrick Henry? This doesn't right. Nothing going no. on in Tennessee makes sense now. Let's be fair though. I haven't heard a ton of Lamar to Tennessee rumors, right? But just yeah, they got to figure out their direction, and the fact that they don't have a direction either. A they don't have a direction, or B they blow this thing up. You still start <laughs> right. in the trenches,
0: so it's yep. still everything leads back to offensive line to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, Tennessee's at eleven and then forty-two, and so if they take offensive line with that first one, they'll have options at wide receiver, at D line, et cetera, with that second round pick. Houston has got needs literally everywhere. <laughs> we, we joke about mm-hmm. this, but also, I mean, the Houston Texans, God bless them. I'm hoping they figured out their coaching situation after they did the last two dirty of firing after one season. They just picked up Robert Woods, so you can try to say that wide receiver isn't a concern, and it's not as big of a concern, so they're not going to do that in the first two rounds, I wouldn't think, especially not that they've added that piece along with Cooks and Collins. Uh, but they need at least one more piece in the offensive line, especially if the Loremi Tunzel extension doesn't work out the way uh, that they want with getting him in there. Their first pick is going to be a quarterback whether it's two or I've heard some people saying, well, what if they're going to trade Carolina for one because Carolina doesn't care who they get at one between the three guys that'll be there between Young, Stroud, and and Levis because you're hearing different takes on... I'm pretty much hearing Stroud and Levis more than Young. And again, we'll talk about that next show uh, with that one. But Houston, depending on who they want at quarterback, they're going to take somebody at two. That means, but they also have 12. And 12 is where they can look at addressing another hole on this team. And let's be honest, they need a a tight end as well. They're not going to do that at 12. They'll do that later on. They could use an O-line piece. They might do that there. But they got to go D-line with 12, preferably an edge. Even though this isn't the greatest edge class, they need D-line help. And whether that's Tyree you know, Wilson, if he's still there at 12, which you and I will think should, he should be. But people are saying, people are putting him anywhere between like six, please not six, seven. Let's say seven. Please so be three. Three. <laughs> three. Please be sure. three. Yeah, exactly. Three. Where the point three? is, he's he's a 20-pick window.
1: Put him at five, right? Exactly, two, three or five. But he's
0: he's a twenty plus pick window of where he's going to end up. So let's just say he's a possibility. He's already in Texas, so you can say that. And he, he might be amazing. He looks great as far as physically looks great. His tape doesn't look as great. The point is, they need D line and they need edge help so they can go anywhere in that window. Um, they're not really going to take any interior defensive lineman at twelve, but there's edge guys they can get at that point. That'll help them out. If they don't want to go the O-line route, they've got to go that route. Uh, and then again, the the thing with the Texans, though, too, is uh, they've also got the 34 pick. So they have 2-12-34. Those three picks, quarterback, O-line, D-line. Do that, and then you can figure out what you're doing with the rest of your draft. That's kind of my take for Houston. But Houston needs a lot of help in a lot of places, which is why it's a good thing they've got several picks to do that with. Can't argue with that. The only thing I would say, obviously, is just BPA for... But if they go
1: quarterback early, you got to protect him. But I yep. mean, if it were and me again, in Houston, I'd be trying to
0: trade out a two and getting as many yep. picks as I can and just plug everything. And again, we, we've talked about this, and we will continue to talk about this. this you, you talk about beating drums and pounding tables, whatever. I think you and I will be beating the drum and pounding the table for don't take a quarterback until he's going to make a difference on your team. Yeah, don't Get don't other things him. in place first. Exactly. If anybody should I, know that, it's the Texans. Ooh. Right Let's off the bat. Wrecking a car,
1: ah, you like Ooh, that too? uh definitely <laughs> see what you did there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave it on that note. Seems like you broke all the Texans fans' hearts. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> let's, let's go. Where do I want to start next? Do I want to go to my my squad? go no, I. It. Oh, we got one other South. We got one in the South. No, no, right no you got to go there. to Jacksonville. We got Jaguars. Yeah, I got to go to Florida. Then
0: we got to take a big right. break. Don't get ahead of us. I still got to do the Jaguars first. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: So with Jacksonville, here's the thing. I mean, wow. <laughs> They're free agents. Sorry, I'm speechless. Like, I get, I forget how much young talent this team actually has. They're going to uh-huh. be a team that's super on the rise. But yep. offensively, the only – put it this way. The only starter that Brid would somewhat break my heart if they lost was Juwan T- Taylor. You could have said mm-hmm. that about Evan Ingram, but they just tagged him, which – I'm cool with that. He deserved it. I mean, even myself throughout the entire year, like I kept thinking, man, they need to give uh, Lawrence another weapon. And you know, Mm -hmm. at times I remembered, and then I quickly forget. But they got Calvin Ridley's reinstated, man. So Ridley, Zay Jones, and Kirk and Ingram there, Mm -hmm. and Marvin Jones still hanging around in the back end. He's a free agent, but he's still hanging around-ish. If they keep him, they've got weapons. And then you look at. You look at the O-line, which I always want to say that. I mean, Juwan Taylor's mm-hmm. gone, so they could have one position open on the O-line at right tackle, right. but I mean, Cam Robinson, not the greatest, not the worst. Ben Barch, uh, Fortner, Brandon Scherf. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they've got some good players up there, so I would personally, this is a long-winded way of saying, for me, in Jacksonville, the biggest need to me, like, even though the defense is. Great, let's say defense. I would say cornerback would be the biggest, and then I'm still going to say D-line. That's not going to match with what you see on a lot of other places, but Tyson Campbell, both Campbells, the cornerbacks, the Campbells, you can improve both those at corner. And uh, this is Mm -hmm. just going to be a blanket statement. Anybody drafting in the back half of the draft, like Jacksonville's sitting where, 25 that's yep. going to be your blanket statement. Let's talk about Cam Smith. Let's talk about Keely Ringo. Let's talk about right. Deontay Banks. Grab one of those quarters would be the option. Second tier, quarters. if you will. Corners would be Third option tier. A for me. But defensive line, if they could get a bigger D lineman, you could definitely improve from, I can't ever say his name, Fatukasi, and Hamilton <laughs> and Robertson Harris. I mean, mm-hmm. especially seems how a lot of their depth on that D line is all free agents, so. Hmm. Yeah. That would be the two biggest needs for me, but man, they've got a lot of young, awesome talent on this defense. It's right in the middle, though, which is mm-hmm. I think that's why I like them. Right, Devin Lloyd, well, Ron Walker,
0: things. Chad Mumu, mm-hmm. Olakun. Yeah, Muma isn't technically even a starter for him right now, and he could easily jump in on that. I mean, they he could still easily gets some run meaningful minutes. Though Josh Allen, how did I not right. say Josh Allen too? What a weird. Because you I just am. know he's good. But that's the thing: is like yeah. Jacksonville has drafted well over the last few seasons, and they've taken chances on guys in certain situations, like taking a chance with Calvin Ridley. Uh, it sounds Calvin Ridley is saying all the right things, and so if he actually backs up. And is changed, you know, in the right way. He talks about mental health struggles, which I'm glad that players are talking about that now. I don't want to see anyone using it as a crutch, as like an excuse for bad behavior. But it does sound like he said, I messed up. I want to prove myself. And he's already, he's calling himself out saying 1,400 yards with Trevor if I'm healthy. That's a number one wide receiver. That sorts them out.
1: And just real quick, before we move on from the Jags, though, I mentioned three options at cornerback, but a guy that mm-hmm. I personally think this is the range he should be going in, and I still really do believe this is about where he will go come draft day. Mm-hmm. Brian Breezy
0: makes a lot of sense in this team. Sure. Yeah, if, he, uh, if they're going – at that point, he's a guy you can float around. He's definitely more of the end than the the nose tackle style player because with the the yeah, three and they, they got like the three run, four like but... thing too. So like he he could make a He'd lot be of an sense. Annoying
1: end to go up against. He could make a lot. Of, I mean, six, five, 298 with mm-hmm. the athleticism that he has. He's definitely a three four defensive end type guy you'd be right. looking for, and that'd be another guy I didn't mention for Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, who knows?
0: Mm-hmm. Maybe Pittsburgh would look his way at seventeen. Sure. And he's a guy that is so funny. We're, we're talking about value picks and and who's going to get overdrafted, undrafted, et cetera. And we've always said if you like a guy, get him because he's not going to be there in the next round. But Breezy is a guy that could be totally overdrafted or a total steal, depending on where he goes in the first round. It's going to be very interesting. Overdrafted. To see. Yeah. Well. Okay. Fair. Uh, in that. He's a second like round pick in my do. mind. I like him more than you do. All right. Yes, I also the like. Whole world knows. Uh, right. I like a uh, few things that are going on in Indianapolis, namely. Their new offensive coordinator, Jim Bob Cuter loved that dude when he was in Detroit. Mm. Not sure how great of an OC he is, but he just seems like a fun guy to hang out with, not just because his name's amazing. But the Indianapolis Colts, I got to give them a little shout out because I was in Indianapolis very briefly yesterday for like an hour. It was crazy. Tell you that story another time, guys. But uh, the the Colts have got some questions. They got some things to figure out. And number one is that quarterback. At the four spot? they might be the fourth team taking a quarterback right now. So it's very interesting to see what's going to happen for them. Obviously, with Carolina taking the top spot, quarterback, Houston, quarterback. Who's going to be there at three? They might be at four. Are they content with who they'd end up with out of the top four quarterbacks that everybody seems to think are going to go in the top ten? That's the thing, though. They need to make a decision because Matt Ryan is going to cost them too much to have as a backup. Nick Foles is apparently now actually a statue instead of just one out in front. And Sam Ellinger had a chance, showed that he's not ready for it. So they need to see what they're going to do at quarterback they could definitely use a little help on the offensive line just in one spot obviously Quentin Nelson Bernard Ryman I think those guys are going to be fine for him but I'm concerned uh, about uh, Ryan Kelly and Will Fries where those guys are going to end up for him but the other thing too on offense is maybe a wide receiver I don't think these are necessarily needs they need to address first round I really do think outside of the quarterback uh, if they for some reason don't do that which I can't imagine a situation where they would unless they get Garoppolo and feel great about him or something which again they're probably getting quarterback at four or if they slide up against a pick or two, is the defense. They can use a linebacker. They can definitely use help in the secondary as well. And again, outside of that fourth pick, though, they're looking at 36. And at 36, there's going to be some secondary names that we've talked about that will be available to them. There's going to be some D-line names that are there to be available to them. There's going to be a lot of linebackers that are available at that point because outside of your boy Jack Campbell that you're going to continue to talk about in glowing terms until the draft and then beyond... Jack Campbell can't go there though, because Jack Campbell's going at forty nine. Right, obviously. So yeah, somehow, so it's going to be Glad somebody clears the standards. air there. <laughs> of course, for those of you that aren't paying attention to the draft numbers, forty nine might be a Detroit Lions pick. It could be. So yeah, right. But yeah, so the Colts do need help there, and they can use help at corner. So that's my point. The good thing for the Colts, the way that their board is looking, needing a quarterback, needing help in the secondary and linebacker the rough positional values are where they need to be. The only question mark for them is if they have a quarterback that they really want, are they going to slide up to two or three to make sure they get them? Is Houston going to slide back to four? Because that's not a bad choice for Houston. If they don't care about the fact that this year is a sunk year anyways on a quarterback, maybe you swing for somebody like Anthony Richardson. Cause you know, it's going to be a year before the team's going to be worth anything. Anyways. I don't know. Whole lot of fun. It depends. I sent you a message earlier today, like something I saw on Bleacher Report. Indy's not going to make a panic move for a quarterback sitting at four. It's like, that's kind of the same thing you say when you're going to do a panic move. So I'll be curious to see what they do there. But Indianapolis, oh my goodness, they can go anywhere with this. But the team itself is not a bad team. They just needed a fresh start at coaching. They need a quarterback that's going to get them on track because we love Matt Ryan, but he's he's pretty much washed. And they could go anywhere. This could team could easily be contending for the AFC South title and maybe even an AFC title. I mean, admittedly, it's a, it's a tough road. Or they could be in the top 10 picks next year. Such a wide variance.
1: And if they are and they went quarterback this year, they'd find themselves in quite the predicament because if Whoops. they
0: are in position to go for Williams or May. Whew. Yeah, right. <laughs> Talk about getting ahead of yourself. Right. All right, so that wraps us through both the north and the south, which means we're halfway through, which means it's break time, which means I get to talk about a beer from Short Fuse Brewing Company. Short Fuse is brewed and canned in Schiller Park, Illinois. And I'll be honest with you, dude, I'm going to show you the can. I bought this because of the can. Because it just looked I like mean, fun. fun. This is when I was grabbing the Toppling Goliath one. And so this is for goodness shakes. It's a black and blue milkshake IPA. And we want to point out to you guys, at this point... We are not sponsored by anybody. We're not doing this to make money. We're doing this because we want to try fun beer. If you want to pay us for this, we'll have a chat. But this is an IPA, blackberry, blueberry, and it does a really nice job of combining just a little bit of bitterness with the fruit. So this is a beer you might enjoy, dude, because it's fruit, but it's not sour. It's it's not a grapefruit IPA, but it's that it still has you know a somewhat tart fruit with the the blackberry blueberry combo with the IPA, so it doesn't have the sweetness. Uh, of, and it's that the tartness a little bit of, of the, the sour, but it doesn't have the sour part. It just has the bitterness, tartness part. So I'm pretty happy with it. I am sipping on it pleasantly in my chalice. Yeah.
1: How am I supposed... I was ready to talk, and then you say <laughs> that, and then I look at the screen, and I
0: see that... Goofy-looking cop. <laughs> look, this, and again, for those of you that, that maybe jumped or missed the first part of it, this is literally a mason jar on a pretty hilarious, almost looks like it could have been at one point a candlestick stand. I think it might be a candlestick holder. They got glued onto it. Point is, it was a free thing at a garage sale. And this is my litmus test glass. If friends come over and I pull this out and they give me a weird look, I know that we have to have a conversation about whether or not they have a sense of humor. If they say this is awesome, then I know we're getting along just fine. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't call it awesome. It It is spectacular, right?
1: I I wouldn't call it awesome. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, what do you have to talk about, JP? Uh, I'm going to talk about Rogue Brewing. I'm in Oregon right now, just chilling out. Mm -hmm. My can art was definitely cooler than yours. Oh, superior. Just saying. You have a crazy snowman. I mean, I got this crazy snowman breathing like blue and yellow and green flames. It's the neon, (laughs) neon flames. There you go. There you go. It's the neon snowpocalypse. It's an imperial cold. India Pale And you know what's amazing the about this? The colds are a thing now. The colds are a thing now. And you know what? Mm-hmm. I've had mm-hmm. a lot of them. I've never ranked mm-hmm. a single one very well, but I Was haven't it? been able to figure out why. For uh-huh. whatever reason, this exact pour that I'm halfway through right now, I mm-hmm. figured it out. Nice. It's finally hit me. What is an it? imperial, all Imperial Cold IPAs, yes, that's an absolute in the statement. Absolutes drive my wife crazy. Sure. But <laughs> all Imperial Cold IPAs taste like a solid IPA that you dumped like a third of it out and put in like a Pilsner or a lager in there. So it's not enough IPA for you. Correct. It's like a watered Do you- down light. It's crisp. It's like a crispy... IPA, mm-hmm. and there's a little bit of the hops and the bitter in there, but uh-huh. it just tastes watered down, and I get that Pilsner lager vibe from it, and I'm just, I'm not here do for it. Do you think that's one of the reasons why like it is? Like, it tastes like a child's, it's like a child's IPA. Right, that's my point. Instead like, of cold, that's what it why? is.
0: They should call it the Imperial Child <laughs> India PLL, <laughs> not to, cold. I'm going to be honest with you, the advertising on the child IPA is the cold that's IPA to well. be a little bit different. It's not. Yeah, it's, it's not, not going to go work. Well. But that's the thing. Do you think that's a reason why the cold IPAs are having their their moment, if you will, because they are different for people who aren't big IPA fans. They're more mild. They're easier for them to get into, kind of like the, the, um, some of the uh, hazy IPAs in a similar vein where they're, they're less bitter, and so people are more inclined to try them because they can't handle bitterness for some reason because they're weird people. I guess.
1: Maybe. I mean, I'm not kidding you. My first sip of it, I think I had myself on mute but I was mm-hmm. like, I said out loud, I was like, wow, I wonder what went wrong there. <laughs> like, oof.
0: all right, so we found another style. It's not, not I, I
1: gave it a 275. I mean, it's very drinkable. I'm just not a cold IPA. It's fan. one of the better colds you've had? It's one of the better colds you've had?
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess so. It's one of the better ones. Sure. I'm just not a cold IPA guy. Not right. yet. But again, it's really nice that you figured out what it is. So that that gives you an idea. So again, you you can use us for beer advice if you want, but we have a different palate from you. Some people might match up perfectly with us and be like, dude, these are my guys. Other people are like, you're crazy. And so if you are the type of person who's never really liked an IPA, maybe try a cold IPA and you find that it's your gateway into that world and you can work with it. Like I didn't start out when I was starting to dabble in whiskey. I didn't start out drinking a barrel proof neat. You know what I mean? I wasn't going at 60% right off the bat. You've got to work your way up to that and understand flavors and nuances. So for some people, you might not think you're an IPA fan, but start sliding into the cold IPAs, into the hazy IPAs, and maybe you're going to find it out. That's not going to help people, man. It's not going to help push the brand. I get it. I suppose right now we're not getting paid anyway, so it's fine. But yeah, so there you go. Yeah. There's a couple beers you got to try out. Short Fuse definitely one uh, that I'm curious to try more stuff from because for the goodness shakes was a good one, and we do like stuff from Rogue, so it's not like this is a bad beer, uh, bad company to get beer from. It's just that style is not your fan. Very drinkable. So there you go. Time to jump over to the AFC East. You want to start with your favorite team?
1: No, because I'm already in the state of Florida, and there's a lot of things happening oh. with this team right now. And I've- fair. I'm a little eager to discuss it. Just today, we heard the news about
0: Jalen Ramsey being traded for a ham and cheese sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> you sent me that text, and I remember thinking, it was like, wait, Detroit's going to have a shot at Ramsey? Yeah. I, I just I said Ramsey for mind. a
1: sandwich. Yeah. Because he went for a third-round pick and uh, just A player. backup tight end, yeah. Yeah. So... Yes, he essentially... I think what I told you is that I made a breakfast sandwich that provided the same amount of value that Ramsey went for. Long story short, this is not me dissing on Ramsey. This is me Mm -hmm. saying the Dolphins won. Mm -hmm. They won this trade. Ramsey's still a very sneaky young player. He's very, very good. He's up there with one of the best corners in the league, and you're just on a team with a ton of star talent and whatnot Mm -hmm. on here, but... Here's what I got to say. So this isn't about the ring. I guess it's kind of about needs. Well, you can cross corner off their need now, right? Right. Here's the thing. Defensively, they don't have anybody that they're losing that breaks my heart in any way. Now, I think Mm -hmm. their entire second string is a free agent defensively. So they will need to draft some defensive players. But um, offensively, the only guy that they're really missing that – Breaks my heart, but probably not most people's, I because you know I'm a Mike Kosicki fan. <laughs> you are. So they would have a hole at tight end. Mm-hmm. Um You know, they got some backup depth at, at O-line that they could address. I mean, they seem like they take mm-hmm. every single guy that had high draft capital spent on them, Eric Fisher, Greg Littles, and make them backups, mm-hmm. and they're all free agents now and gone. But we'll see what happens right. there. But long story short, I'm going to go against everything that I've ever said to do in the draft. Ooh. I'm just uh, like, Dolphins, just find a way to get up high enough and just go. I think What's their first pick? It's in the 50s somewhere. I don't know. It's yeah, in the early 50s. I know they don't have 21 because they forfeited right. it. I like how they say they forfeited it. They didn't just say, hey, you know what? I don't want it. That's not They, they had, what had it happened. forcibly taken from them.
0: Yeah, 52 is their first pick.
1: Okay. Find a way to get up there and just take a swing. They're going all in. I mean, they went and got Tyreek Hill. They already had mm-hmm. Waddle. They're getting Ramsey. They got a ton of other great players mm-hmm. on this team. Hopefully, Tua stays right. healthy, but just find a way to go up there and get a Bajan Robinson. Or just stay at 52 and get maybe a Jameer Gibbs. I don't know, but they need a running sure. back,
0: dude. Yeah, because three of their
1: four running backs are free To complete agents. this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. But just Mm -hmm. to complete this whole thing, I mean, hey, Dalvin Cook's on the trade block allegedly too, so maybe they just go grab a proven player. That's just what they keep doing. Does it somewhat feel like, with the exception of trading all their top picks, they're kind of doing a somewhat similar
0: thing as what the Rams did to an extent? I mean, chasing a bunch of proven players. Yeah, I don't think they've traded at the quite the level of bonkers that the Rams have. No, no, no. no, But I mean, getting
1: Bradley Chubb, getting right. Jalen Ramsey getting Tyreek Hill,
0: right. and these They're are just guys are the draft picks. Yeah. All right. And that's the thing, too. I mean, you talk about also this free agency, and a guy that apparently isn't going to get a tender from his team and is going to be a, a free agent to wander to around as one of your boys, and that's Mr. Robinson. I'm not sure if he's the style that they want down there in Miami, but James Robinson is a solid running back that you shouldn't have to pay too much money for. I'd, I'd be completely on board.
1: I'm just saying with the other Robinson, the young one, could you imagine like just the amount of excitement that would be going down in South Beach if you had Bijan Robinson with the rest of this roster? Sure. Of
0: course. Yes. I like James Robinson, Bijan is better. I'm not going to argue that. And think think about the pressure that might even take off from Tua. 100%. Just knowing He's got that a they've dump got, off. They just got a guy who is that mm-hmm. talented standing right behind him. Yep. Well, I mean, shoot, read option would just be... I mean, no, it's already a problem, but it would be a huge issue because now you got a read option and he can flare out for a pass. Not that Maheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson can't do that too, but uh, you've got a guy who at least somewhat has a proven track record of staying healthy too. Robinson hasn't really had any dings or anything that I can remember in college. Uh, and a lot of the guys they have right now do. So, yeah, Miami, oh, they're a fun team let, right let now. Me, Florida let me... is a fun football state, at least the right. the 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 the... the, the, the Atlantic side is the Gulf side's got a whole another story. We'll to Can I put
1: my own foot in my my own mouth? Do quick. it. I Everything it. I just said was dumb. Sure. <laughs> Stay put in the second round and take whatever good running back comes to you. Because again, I've said there's a million, <laughs> million good running backs in every round, but right. it, it's just like you can't. As fun as Bijan Robinson would be to move up and get, I'd never agree with spending a first round pick on a running back. If I do, it's rare and it's definitely at the end of the first round. But to give up future assets to go up to the first to spend a first on mm-hmm. a running, I don't think I can. Don't think I can get on board with that. So let me just retract so, that. It's exciting. It was worth bringing up, but stay put in the <laughs> second right. round draft. Whatever running back comes to you there. So and if not, just take best player available. I mean, maybe so, if Dalton
0: Kincaid or somebody's there in a second round, right? But I, will, I doubt they will be at fifty-two, right? But at 52, you could get a Zach Charbonnet, you could get a Kendra Miller, you could look right. at Banaconda, Ab- uh, you know those type of guys. Dwayne McBride. Yeah, who knows I don't know how if it's high McBride's going to but... rise too? He's starting to get a lot of love. Right, and he's great. I love him, but he's also not a pass catcher. He hasn't proven he's a pass catcher, so that's a question mark for how they I like to do things do it. with. They just didn't use the McDonald him. The right? offense. Potentially, yeah. But that's the thing. So Miami, yeah, I agree with you. Bijan Robbins would be amazing on a lot of teams. So Miami needs to make that choice. But Miami be, or
1: Buffalo in right. this division, he makes ah. a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, they need a running back there. Apparently, well, uh, while you're talking about Miami, why don't we talk about Buffalo? Hey, the Buffalo Bills are in the AFC East, and uh, they're having to hold everybody off right now. It feels like, and Buffalo is a team that obviously doesn't have a ton of holes. Uh, but they've got some stuff they need to address, and one of those areas is running back. So, again, whether it's Bijan Robinson, uh, whether it's they re-sign Devin Singletary, which I don't think they're going to do, they need somebody to pair with James Cook. And that's where, again, a James Robinson, you know, have a double James backfield might be a good one. Naheem Hines is probably not going to get kept for the money that he's making to be their, their second or third running back. And I think Cook and Hines are too similar with their skill sets. Uh, To be somebody they hang on to, but they also have a hole on the offensive line that they need to to worry about. You know, papering over. I feel like they have uh, within the the guard situation. You've got uh, Ryan Bates, who didn't have a great year. Roger Saffold is a free agent, so that's definitely a spot that they need to be concerned about. Uh, And then also, they could probably use another wide receiver, just because we talked about. You know, they've obviously got uh, a very solid. Uh, player with digs they've got you know potentially how you feel about Gabe Davis has stepped up Isaiah McKenzie was you know what I mean uh and so they're in a position where they could use another body there and I'm pretty sure Cole Beasley isn't the answer for them uh but on the defense dude they still need at least one edge rusher and that's the thing for them I think if uh, if you're looking at Buffalo towards the end of the first round if they take if they take Bajon Robinson if he's sitting there at the end of the first round then game on you know that's a great pick for them there uh, but they need to look at one of the edge rushers potentially in that spot. Uh, and then they could also look, if they want to, to see where the wide receivers have fallen out. But again, I think we both agree that there's a couple wide receivers that are worth first-round pick and a bunch of other guys that are two, three, four. you know, when you're looking at where those guys are going to end up. And so Buffalo, the good news is not a ton of holes. Tremaine Edmonds is someone they probably want to try to bring back. Jordan Poirier potentially, somebody they want to try to bring back. But that's those are the big things. So they could have a hole on the in the secondary and linebacker, depending on the choices they make, because their depth isn't amazing right now. They've got some guys that are that are gonna be a piece, but Greg Rousseau isn't bad, but I don't think he's the answer for them at that spot opposite Von Miller. And then they also have to figure out what they're doing a punter because Sam Martin is really good and they should keep him. But you know, hey, what are you gonna do? Detroit Hey, Dan, you know what? I'm kidding. I I mean this in the nicest way possible, but
1: you wasted the past three minutes of your breath. Wow. Okay. Because I already know exactly what Buffalo's doing. What's Buffalo going to do? It's been a while since I did a hot take, but I already know what's going on. All right. Tell me if you love it or hate it. Are you ready for this? I hate it. So you know how Buffalo is willing to give up quite a bit. They were trying to get CMC as well, right? Hate it already. They want a running back. Bad sure. to complete yeah. this offense. And maybe that's their way of trying to get Josh Allen to run a little bit less. But here, oh, here's my hot take. If they were willing to give up a bunch to go get a running back like CMC, mm-hmm. I'm just going to call it out right now. They're going to trade 28 for a guy who's rumored to be on the trade block as of today for Dalvin Cook so he can play with <laughs> his brother James Cook in the same offense, and you can have the Cook oh brothers my. just cooking back
0: there. Too many cooks in the kitchen, dude. Yeah, they're going to be cooking back there in that backfield. No, well, you make that. Cook, oh wow. That's my hot take. Dalvin Cook, Buffalo Lord. Bills, dude. All right. Well, admittedly, I don't think uh I don't think that uh Minnesota is going to just take him for a first. I think they're going to want to try to get more than that out of him. They can Dan. The said, Bills aren't going to gonna get give more.
1: Yeah. The Bills don't even have to give up a I didn't say they will. And they I do. don't think they should either, but I
0: think the Bills could move like a second round pick and probably get Dalvin Cook. I don't think they should move 28, but I think they will need to move no. 28. I don't think Minnesota, I don't think Minnesota lets him go for less than that. But that's again, Dude, we can talk about they that trade, when we talk they they about They could trade Vikings. 60.
1: They could trade pick 60 and probably get Dalvin Cook. He's right, injury like prone and, and he's aging for a prone. running back. You don't have an AC. that is it may. They're not trading for me. <laughs>
0: also true. <laughs> Tell you what, though. I mean, I I mean I'll mean, i go wrong. play. Buffalo, if you got a spot, I'll do it. You know, I'd love to see what I want is somebody three years down the road as as this podcast becomes a big deal and people start talking about it, for you to pull a Mike Mayock and jump into a front office somewhere, dude. I'm down. Let's roll. Right? And then and we get some insider information. Green Bay, show. don't call me. I'll turn it down. I'll just keep doing my <laughs> regular job. It ain't happening. Literally, I will turn down millions of dollars to not yep. have to wear green and, and yellow. I mean, don't yep. get me wrong. I absolutely loved how—because we talked about, like, uh, you, you and I and, and one of our buddies, Brad, who's been on the show back when we did the draft, and we'll probably get him in again this year for the draft, uh, talked about how uh, we didn't like j making his comment about liking Lamar coming to Detroit because you got to back up your quarterback. You just don't—you don't—and we, we haven't talked about this, so I'll let you go off for a second. We hold it for the Lions for the most part, but you just don't do that. At any rate, you then saw Sauce— uh garrett wilson and another guy burning a cheese head because they want aaron Rodgers. so no offense to zach wilson maybe it's easier to defend that choice but i i just applaud anybody who burns a cheese head yeah
1: yeah i'm down with that but how just how fitting would it be i'll talk more about the Jets. how fitting would it be for aaron Rodgers, my like my one of my least favorite players of all time to play for my least favorite team Uh uh-huh to then probably oh go to the rivals of my second favorite team. So in a world it's almost like he's he's probably gonna right. play for my two least favorite teams.
0: I mean, right. He's he's lining up for you to just have an absolutely passionate, irrational hatred for it. And I'm I'm here for oh, it. Oh, it's already know, there. It's already right. there.
1: He's just this is just the nail in the coffin. All, All right, right. Let's well, we'll get talk about the Jets track. in a minute. Yeah. You
0: can talk about your favorite team before I talk about your second least favorite. Second favorite team. Second favorite, sorry. Your favorite AFC team. Favorite team we're talking about tonight. There you go. Nailed it.
1: So, for those of you who don't know, that's the New England Patriots. Definitely a Detroit and Boston guy here. Uh, Biggest need, I've been saying it all year, not Mm -hmm. a doubt in my mind, it's wide receiver, especially if they don't bring back Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers is a free agent. He's the only wide receiver they have that I He's the only wide receiver they have that I like. Nelson Aguilar I wish a, a Devontae Parker – I wanted Devontae Parker to work out for him, but he just hasn't yet. And he's still on the roster, so maybe he does. Hopefully he does. Right. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like Tyquan Thornton really got involved a whole lot. He had like 22 no. catches or something like that. But no. they also have Isaiah Wynn, who's a free agent at right tackle, so that yep nice segue into my second biggest need. Let's just say wide receiver, offensive tackle – because they're backup right tackle and Marcus Cannon's also a free agent. Mm-hmm. So that's their two biggest needs to me. Um mm-hmm. wide receiver, though, I mean, they if they don't get Mac Jones some help, the people are gonna start asking questions about whether or not he can be the guy. So right. at 14, um, you know, I hate saying wide receiver there, but I feel like I have to do it because anytime the Patriots draft. A skill position player with first round talent, he just ends up being a bust. Like why? New England just shouldn't draft anybody. They should trade out of the first round every time. Right, exactly. Because they or just dra- overdraft line. They get later picks and they develop players fairly well. Mm-hmm. But this, they can't draft skill positions in the first round. They can barely draft yeah. anybody in the first round. To be honest with you, it just doesn't
0: work. And but, maybe maybe it's because first round draft picks have a certain like. Uh, haughtiness about them potentially that that just doesn't fly in New England I don't know maybe you need the guys who are more know. humble at second third fourth round etc I know before I've mocked Quentin Johnson there I just don't, he just
1: feels like an awkward fit and I know the rest of the mm-hmm. world keeps putting Jordan Addison there because he's a route runner he's still like right. super skinny to me I don't trust mm-hmm. it but this is painful to say extremely painful to say oh but
0: Oh, Especially
1: no. if they lose Jacoby Myers, you're gonna do it for a style of play that works well with the type of quarterback I believe Mac Jones is. I feel like the Ninja would be the best fit. Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State to my second favorite team. <laughs> Dang, he's a great player though. Mm-hmm. I, I've I've often said like as soon as you get the ball in his hands, like he's just got a little bit of Debo Samuel in him, just the way right. he moves like a running back with the ball and I love it but yeah. I feel like that would be the best fit at wide receiver mm-hmm. there if they don't go that route you could be talking about the third tackle could go off the board here and break you know the Steelers hearts like I said I highly doubt a third tackle gets to 17 that might be mm-hmm. because at 13 or 14 with the Jets and the Patriots right there or even Houston like you said at 12 if they're going to build in the trenches as they should you got three picks back to back there where that other alignment could go but <laughs> yeah that's what I would do some, something like a bro, mm-hmm. Derrick Jones, or a Jackson Smith in Jigwood in New England makes a ton of sense.
0: Right. And yeah, and Jackson is a guy that has the ability to give them uh, minutes at either of the wide receiver spots. He's not just, a, as much as he played in the slot, I feel like he can play. Pretty much anywhere you want. Well, uh, player or I guess a team that uh, hopes that, that doesn't happen because they don't have to deal with them every year. It's the New York Jets, and again, the the first question for the Jets is whether they're doing with the QB situation. By the time you listen to this podcast, uh, Aaron Rodgers might already be a Jet. Who knows? But they've obviously talking about how they're hot and heavy for him. Uh, Dan, that's going to happen of, as soon as we finish this. I'm going to call right, it. Yeah. Exactly. That's the way things work. <laughs> I said it was going to happen by
1: okay. the end of this weekend, but I'm going to say within a half an hour of us completing this show,
0: he'll be a, he'll be a Jet. I think that's probably pretty safe and again we'll we'll, we'll timestamp it for you it's 519 right now on Sunday, the 12th. And so we'll see what happens going forward with them. But again, there's talk. I mean, again, Green Bay's GM basically slipped up and said, if things don't work out the way we want, then Aaron will be back next year. It seems like everybody wants to make a deal now because I think they've just... It's, it's almost like the the few couples that actually decide after you know, 15, 20 years of marriage that it's okay to be divorced, which I personally disagree with divorce. That's a whole other story. <laughs> but it's like sticking out. But uh, for the Jets... It might be the right choice for them. It might be the right choice for Rodgers. It might be the right choice for the Packers. It'll be the right choice for you to continue to hate Aaron Rodgers. It's going to be wonderful. But that's mm-hmm. the big question mark, the quarterback situation, because right now, as much as Zach Wilson seems like a good dude, he's just not panning out. So whether he needs to sit and learn, and admittedly, if you learn football from Aaron Rodgers, okay. I don't want to learn how to be a human from Aaron Rodgers. That's a whole other story. But they all need offensive linemen. They definitely need either a tackle or a guard or both because nobody can stay healthy on their offensive line. So they, they could use a piece that can float around. If Skaronsky is there, holy freaking wow, I think they would run up and just just give them all of the, the cards if they don't have to give up their pick for Rodgers, which they probably will, so that's a whole other story. But if they are still picking in that spot and Skaronsky is there, they'd love that because he can slot in anywhere like we've talked about. They do need a wide receiver. That's going to be a later round pick, I think, for them. And I honestly think, personally, I think they need help at every layer of their defense because. They're just not in position outside of... They've got a piece, pretty much, at every layer of the defense, mostly. We like C.J. Mosley. I like uh Williams. I like Sauce Gardner, obviously, probably the most out of anybody on their defense. But they've got between Williams, Quan Alexander, and Sheldon Rankins. Those are three free agents to begin with. Their edges aren't amazing. They could use some help at every layer. That's the point. So the good news for the Jets is there's a lot of options for them. The challenge is... What are they going to do? Because again, if they make the trade for Rodgers, it might involve a first round pick. I hope it doesn't. Good Lord for a guy who's only going to be a rental for a couple of seasons for him. But that's the thing. So many things up in the air for the Jets. Uh, I like Robert Sala. I wish he wasn't wearing green and white, but the Jets have got a lot of questions to answer. They need offensive line first Once they to figure out the quarterback situation. And then they got to figure out what they're going to do at every level of the defense. A lot of work to go for their Jets, man. I don't know if you can
1: hear it on here, but I got the Huskies making their Uh guest appearance as they do. What up, pups? Yeah. All right. So, man, I don't like the idea of ending out west because these two teams are, like, (laughs) the hardest to figure out. (laughs) Yeah. What a mess. Considering it's hard, I'm going to start with the one I like better. I'm going to start with the Raiders. Okay. It's a mess, Dan. I mean, it, biggest <laughs> needs. Here's what I have written down: biggest need, mm-hmm. quarterback. Second biggest need, everything else. Very fair. fair. I just, I, I don't mm-hmm. know what's going on. O-line. I mean, they got some Linebacker, good players. Corner, D line, everywhere. Yeah, you could take it everywhere. Like, I don't. I kind of want to Google Live real quick and to see what the internet thinks their biggest needs are real quick. <laughs> well, I can tell you, our lads, which Cor- quarterback, is the offensive tackle, cornerback, interior line, D line, edge, wide receiver. I would definitely put a linebacker or a safety or something above sure. a wide receiver. At least you got Devonta Adams there, but right.
0: Well, our lads, which is what we use for a pretty quick updating source for the depth chart, has got quarterback, safety, corner for those three needs. So yeah, and I would I would agree with
1: that more than what I just read for sure. Um, but you also read a bunch of positions, and that kind of reiterates your point. Well, they have over half their starting defense as free agents. <laughs> they also they also have, you know, f- four maybe five if you count fullback. For offensive starters being free agents, one being a quarterback, mm-hmm. like this is tough. It's dark times <laughs> in Vegas right now, mm-hmm. man. Um, so they need everything. Let's just say that. Um, and then where are they picking in the draft? They're picking at seven. Here's mm-hmm. the thing: I honestly, I honestly don't f- think they're going to move up because, and I don't think they're in position to no. move up because it just wouldn't make sense to move up. For Like, if you're if you're Houston and you're already in a spot where there's going to be a quarterback right. there, even though it doesn't make sense to take a quarterback, at least to you and I, I could see him taking it. But mm-hmm. the, the Raiders aren't that far off from Houston. And to move up <laughs> and get a quarterback when your roster is that bad definitely doesn't make sense. I'm still a little confused on why mm-hmm. they put the tag on Josh Jacobs. Because, like, okay. I mean, he had a good season. He did, but my goodness. We but both okay. agree. I mean, he's... Look,
0: if you you, you saw he's a really backs. good player,
1: but I'm just I don't right. understand what they're doing. Maybe they tag and trade him to try to get more picks. This team just needs right picks. They got to rebuild. I mean, they've got a mm-hmm. lot of holes. But at seven, here's just what I'll say, I really don't think that when the draft rolls, I've got a feeling four quarterbacks go in the
0: top five. Right. I just feel like that's going to happen. Maybe the Raiders we also move want that because that makes it a oh, higher chance yes. the Lions get Will Anderson Jr. Or at least Gonzo's going to be there. You're going to get one of your two favorite players at that sixth spot. Yes,
1: I do want that. But I also don't want that because then I feel like Anderson will be gone and we'll take Carter, who I like Carter a lot. sure there's some mild question, character concerns. Mild yes, there are. Mm -hmm. But I really like Gonzalez, and if Anderson or Carter are there, they're not going to take Gonzalez. They're They're just not. But I guess what I'm saying is, is if Will Levis is there, then they would take him, and I think he would be the most likely right. of the four to be there because everybody's jumping on this AR-15 train. But oh, um, whoops!
0: But, no, uh, that's the thing. Is like that's an interesting nickname to have with how that uh, particular weapon is treated right now in the country. It is. It felt weird
1: saying it. But if he, if there are no quarterbacks there, and it's me, because you still got to figure out quarterback somehow, it'll probably end up being. Jimmy Garoppolo,
0: sure. I mean, that's yeah, and who they seem like a good have. candidate. Yeah, they seem yeah, like a good candidate to do the veteran thing instead.
1: Yeah, I, f- I feel like Garoppolo would be there. He's probably got some relationships still with Josh McDaniels. Right. Um, but I guess I would grab a, a, an lineman there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, w- why yeah. not? I mean, it, they'll just start building in the trenches again. You got holes at right guard and right tackle. Right. You're Being a right guard, right tackle. At seven. Yeah, maybe that's why they would take Skronsky, but like I said, I, I still think that mm-hmm. Paris is the first offensive just, tackle off the board, so I guess that's – and I, he's built man. a lab for, like, the size and arm length, so I, I'd put him there. And I'm not sure why, but he feels like a Raider. Don't yes know
0: why. No reason for it? He just feels like a
1: Raider. I mean, that I, I would definitely take Paris Johnson Jr. at seven, maybe even if there was a quarterback on the board, just because I just don't think they're in position to mm-hmm. take – but maybe you gotta take a quarterback and see what you can figure out later because you did tag Josh Jacobs and you do have Devonta Adams, so I don't know, yeah. Levis
0: or uh, Johnson. Let's go with that, right? And that's a, that's a fun thing for them too because you've got Jarrett Stidham there who uh, they seem to like, but whether yeah, but he's not a they free like agent too, to so they have chance. to re-sign exactly. him. exactly. So I think what they're gonna do, you could easily see them look for a veteran if they don't get them. Try to get something done with Stidham, and I'm sure they're talking to everybody right now when they're not supposed to be. Uh, but that's the thing. It's like, and it, I was I was trying to hold together laughter because you know, AR-15, which of course is the assault rifle, whether or not you like them or don't like them, uh, is up to you and your own personal preference. It's fine. I But don't. one thing that you talk about, it's, but again, you look at the, uh, people say guns kill people. They do. But people also kill people. Guns expedite the process. Point being, an what AR-15. What are we doing? Right, exactly. And Air 15 is only good is is only useful if you know how to use it. And that's exactly how I feel about Anthony Richardson, is my point. Yep. <laughs> so he is going to be very useful in the right hands and very destructive in the wrong hands. And that's, that's my take there. That's why I'm trying not to laugh too much as I'm getting us in trouble. But I'm pretty sure we won't get canceled. <laughs> only I'll get canceled. You'll be fine. At any rate, uh, when you look at the Raiders, I agree with you all the way across the board. So I'm going to go from a team that has all kinds of questions to a team that doesn't have too many, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs. Super Bowl winners? I mean, come on now. You know that a Super Bowl winning team is going to be in pretty good shape, right? Uh, and they do still have a couple question marks. they got to figure out what they're doing at wide receiver because they can keep guys. They can move on from guys. They can do different things there uh, because both uh, Justin Watson, Juju Smith-Schuster, Mikko Hardman, all of them are free agents. They can keep some of them. They can maybe move on from a few of them. Uh, their big thing is what are they going to do at tackle with Orlando Brown as well. So that's a, that's a concern for them. Because both of them and him and Wiley, both of those guys are free agents right now. So how they choose to handle the offensive line is going to be a big question mark for them going forward. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, they've got some concerns. Uh, they've got both Carlos Dunlap and Derek Naughty are, are free agents, along with Juan Thornhill. Uh, but that's their big thing is what are they going to do with offensive tackle? What are they going to do at wide receiver? They could use an edge rusher, and they could definitely use somebody in the secondary. And drafting at the end of the first round... All of those are potential spots where they could find you know, a body. And again, they're because of where they're at, and because of what they've been putting their, their capital toward, they're 32, 64, 96. They're very standard with their draft picks. And when you're looking at the first and second round, it's got to be, if you can't find a good tackle there, and at the end of the first round, that's, that's questionable. Uh, you got to take one of those edge rushing guys in that bundle, I would think, or one of the secondary guys in that bundle, maybe a wide receiver. Those three positions are probably going to be their easiest ones to address and the second round point, and then maybe they're looking for a tackle if they can't bring Brown back in free agency because Brown's going to want a lot of money. But Kansas City, a much easier, simpler take than what is going on over there in Las Vegas. Can we can we end the podcast now, or do I have to talk about that? You have to. You have to talk about whatever they're cooking up or some Rocky Mountain oysters, what Russ the, is up to. Here's the thing. Let's talk about it. All right. First
1: of all, I'm torn on what's a bigger need. It's either offensive line or edge rusher. I say O-line because they have Dalton Reisner and uh, Billy Turner, who are both free agents, and the three of their backup Mm -hmm. O-linemen are all free agents as well. Mm -hmm. So it makes me say that because if they're ever going to figure out if Russell Wilson can cook anything other than ramen noodles, then they got to give him time or something because the guy looks terrible, absolutely Mm -hmm. terrible. But I also know that – They've done absolutely nothing to replace Von Miller's departure or Bradley Chubb, yep. who Miami now has. So it's right. one of those two. But, Dan, what the heck? The fifth overall pick that they would have had is the Seahawks, okay? Right. The 38th overall pick that they would have had is the Seahawks, okay? Whoops. Yeah, the 68th overall pick and the 69th are their first two picks. Whoops. Yeah, well, at least they have two back to back, so if there's two guys so like there. <laughs> yeah, do you so okay, that's an interesting debate. Yeah. Do they package those and try to move up and plug a hole or just try to take hope that people Man. slip and fall there? I I don't know.
0: I feel like they like need when, to try. Like when, to when fill you're projecting
1: like targets at the 67th and 68th pick, I mean, right. that is rough. Let me just take let me just uh-oh. take a little look-see at some of my current rankings and see what mm-hmm. in the world could potentially be there right? as a, as a
0: third round. And I'll let you do Great, that I while guess. I point out, they're, they're looking at their left guard, their right tackle are both free agents. Uh, both of their ends on the D-line, as we talked about, are free oh, yeah. agents. Alex Singleton's a free agent. Kareem Jackson's a free agent. And as much as they might think they're amazing at other spots, we got... They have... They have a lot of offensive line free agents that they need to worry about. There's no doubt about that. They've only got Javante Williams pretty much under contract at running back, and a bunch of guys you never heard of. So yeah, there's some concerns. <laughs> needless to say, in Denver, go ahead. You could very easily
1: say that, but I mean, let's let's start edge rusher. <laughs> I want to start there before I even think about attempting to go in the, in the O line route. But uh-huh. if if you're going edge rusher and you're looking for some guys who Ojalaris aren't
0: even gonna be there, man. No. Um no, I think third round edge rusher. Now you're talking I'm trying to think of like, guys, like a Yaya diaby. <laughs> maybe.
1: Uh he might be, yeah. Maybe a Fosse. Uh, maybe think, a Fosse. I don't think Foskey's gonna fall that far. I don't he either. Might. But don't but I'm looking at the other names, like
0: the Ooh, Caleb Murphy. But he'll be point. there. You're in, so they're they're you're in, in trouble if Byron they're taking Young, an edge yeah. rusher
1: that late. Right.
0: Yep. I'm going to go to O-line while you say what you were trying to say there. Let's <laughs> So you got Byron Young is roughly in there. We're talking about third rounders. Maybe uh, you know your boy Fajoco could end up over there. Jose Ramirez, the workout warrior from Eastern Michigan, but none of these are names that are making people go, "Ooh, what about that one?" Because again, a lot of the, as much as we think there's Will Anderson and a whole bunch of everybody else, that whole bunch of everybody else is going to be gone. Probably by the start of the third round. If they're lucky, one of the guys slips. If a Tuli slips, if uh, if Foskey or Will McDonald slips, but I don't think any of those guys will. So here's
1: the thing: the only person that would be like in the third round potentially that offensively that they could go after would be some of the guys who typically play center because they're going to slide a bit. And hopefully, they can play right. guard. I mean, you're looking at like the Olu Olu's or uh, right uh, Ricky Stromberg or here, here you go. I'll say this. Best target imaginable, best target imaginable for the Denver Broncos is a guy that I'm extremely high on that probably won't be drafted until the fourth or fifth round. I would love him in the third round, Mm -hmm. and that's Chandler Zavala, the guard from North Carolina State Wolfpack. You know I like him. I don't even think he wasn't even invited to the combine, but I'm a huge fan of him. That would be my first target for Denver right there. Now Mm -hmm. they got two back to back, so it is what it is. Maybe. Maybe right. you go the Fayoko guy
0: and you go Zavala.
1: Junior yeah, and again, Fayoko. again, that wouldn't
0: be right. That wouldn't be terrible for him. But again, the, the fact that we're scrambling to try to come up with good position people for Denver to take shows you how much they mortgaged on Russell Wilson being able to cook something that's not. I burnt would take on a Yaya. Globe. If they could get Chandler sure. Zavala and
1: Yaya Diaby at sixty-eight and sixty-nine or whatever the heck it was that I said there, sure,
0: I would consider that a win they could salvage a little bit there yeah and again that's the thing too we're talking about draft there's obviously free agency where some of those pieces could potentially get worked on to an extent but uh, but that's the thing this team is this team thought they were a super Bowl contender last year before they started the season that's a, very much the Charlie Brown moment for one brief moment the championship was within our grasp and the games started but that's the thing it's like this team is it's funny how a season makes that big of a difference do you think the battery will be there? Ah, you just wanted to get a reference, didn't you?
1: Well, I'm just wondering you just because to talk I mean about he, he was a man. He blew the doors off the combine, but on the field, like his production did not blow the doors off from anybody. So he it's could be, be a guy. He could be a guy that could be there, and you just shoot for the moon. High risk, high reward, and you got a six foot two, two hundred eighty
0: pound guy who can move like a wide receiver. Right, and for those of you who are not familiar, because he calls him the battery because he can't pronounce his name, and I'm not even going to try to screw it up again because I had it at one point, but Edeboare from uh, Northwestern, guy who absolutely shredded the combine, but again, like you said, his tape didn't shred, and who knows? Maybe because he played for Northwestern, they were just kind of a dumpster fire as a Yeah, team, it was okay, but... but it didn't shred nothing. No, exactly, but who knows? On the right team, who knows where that's going to be? I don't know that Denver's the right team for anybody right now. Anybody anything else on them or do you want to move on? No, we gotta move on. <laughs> we gotta move on from Denver. They,
1: they've been a headache the entire oh, man. the 2022 Denver Broncos we in Denver is Colors the most stressful teams to cover. You got you got Denver colors on.
0: I do. Uh oh. But I also have a Detroit Lions hat. Yeah, right. Well, and you have Tigers colors on. We're we're into, we're into spring training. It's all good. See? Last team to talk about. The Los Angeles Chargers. Brad, I know you've been waiting to rake us over the coals for our take on this team. Uh, the Chargers are one of his favorites. And here's the thing about the Los Angeles Chargers. They're they're in such a weird spot. You know, like I talked about with the Colts being a team that could go anywhere between contending for conference or at least divisional championships and in the top 10 picks. The Chargers are another team. They definitely need help on their offensive line. They got Salyer last year that stepped in for Sailor, which is just fun that they have the name. So hypothetically, their tackles are set, but they can still definitely use another another spot at, uh, at the guard because while Zion Johnson's good, I don't feel great about Matt Filer. I don't feel great about Corey Lindsley just because Lindsley's getting older. So that's one of those things. But their entire offense, starting offense, none of those guys are free agents. The real question mark is at wide receiver, can guys stay healthy? Mike Williams has had problems with that. Keenan Allen's been... In and out. He had a really good run of four seasons where he was healthy, which obviously annoyed me because I stopped drafting him in fantasy because I was worried about the injuries. But that's the thing. It's like they don't have a ton of starters that are going to be gone. Drew Tranquil, Morgan Fox, Bryce Callahan are the only three on the defense. And that's it for starters. But are they going to stay healthy? What are they going to do to fill some of those spots? They obviously need somebody else. On the defensive line, Morgan Fox isn't going to move the needle for me, even if they bring him back. They need to something else at linebacker with Drew Tranquil if they're going to bring him back or not. So that's certainly a question mark. Um, the interior defensive line could use a little bit of a spot. And then the secondary is another area where while they're not in terrible shape, they're not in amazing shape either. I think Derwin James, Asante Samuel, sure, if those guys are healthy and ready to go. They're in good shape. I don't know about Michael Davis and Aloe Gilman, where those guys are going to be at coming into the season. And so there's different areas where they can go with that. And so if you look at their draft spot, I mean, obviously some of those are thoughts they can look at free agency. There's plenty of guys. We barely even touched on the players who are going to get taken uh, up in free agency. We might throw that in the back half of the next one. But the Chargers have got 22, they've got 55, they've got 86. So those three picks, and those are the only three picks that they have, the typical ones. They can go a lot of different directions. So they could go interior O-line. They can go interior D-line with that first spot. They could go secondary with that spot. The Chargers, the good news is the spots that they need are going to fall into those areas of draft concerns when it comes to who's going to pick where, et cetera. The challenge is making the right pick for what they need to do. And so there's it's wide open for the Chargers, again, like I said, for where they could end up with the season. So I think if they're smart about it, they're either taking one of those guards slash centers towards the towards that part of the round they're grabbing a secondary guy if he slides a little bit. If somebody like Joey Porter is there, at, you know, twenty one, one hundred percent, you know, grab him. And then maybe you're grabbing a wide receiver at that point as well, depending on how those guys shake out. Because there's a bunch of position groups. This is one of the more unsettled drafts we've had in a long time, in my opinion, JP. I don't know what you think about it, but it seems like there's a lot of guys that can go in a twenty pick window, and I wouldn't be completely surprised.
1: I definitely think that the sixteenth ranked player on my board and the forty fifth player on my board aren't a whole lot different. Um, <laughs> but what? What I would say to that is, I think this is—I would argue—and I was—it's weird that it ended this way. I was going to do a little impromptu instead to end the show. If you had to disagree with any take that I said, what one would you disagree with the most? And I was going to do the mm-hmm. same for you. And mm-hmm. it's not that I disagree with anything you're saying there, but it would—I would have picked the Chargers because I really think their biggest needs defensive line.
0: Sure, and I'm not
1: going to argue with that. I don't know why because... I feel that way. I just feel like they need like a. A true three-four defensive end mm-hmm. type guy. They need a guy who's like six four to six five, like two hundred and eighty pounds or so. With so move. they need Brian. Oh, he's well, a little bigger than that, but yeah, he is. Little, he's he's about three hundred, but I know he moves like he's two eighty. That's fair. He does.
0: And He would this. add into the guys who potentially have injury problems because that's what they love to do out in LA. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it's tough. It really is tough. Uh, yeah, you know, I like, what? A, like maybe f- even a Miles
1: Murphy would be just barely big enough to play there, right? Because I feel like his,
0: I don't know, we yeah, I feel see. like I already gave you my take. I don't disagree that you think the Bengals need to go offensive line. I just think that there's you mean also, the Chargers. They could be all you know, the I'm Bengals. Talking about the Chargers. You know I mean? I'm the Bengals. Okay, as far okay. as the take that I would go against, I I don't agree disagree with you that they need offensive line because they certainly do. But I I'm still curious what they're gonna do with their secondary so and money. definitely with their running back. Yeah, and again, that's the thing. Is like uh, I do think they need to figure something out. And maybe that's shuffling guys around. Maybe it's bringing another body in. But yeah, so I agree with your takes for the most part. Uh, again, I think Cincy could be a little bit squiffy in certain areas. And look, I'm not against what you're saying with the Chargers because they have a lot and of things. i will ask Brad his opinion. I don't mind the, the offensive
1: line take because it's like you just put all that money into it based on your talent and assessment of their tape and abilities. And you can't just – scrap it all because you can't predict injuries so right. we still don't really know like i i honestly don't know how, how many plays were ran with that exact starting five <laughs> altogether so right. we don't even know what it looks like and so i don't know if they can fully mm-hmm. give
0: up on it considering these guys are still under contract
1: yep. and that's
0: agrees there you go exactly well since the pup has spoken i think we can wrap it up anything you want to finish with here jp nah i'm good i just don't i'm glad denver's out of the way there you go. Well, that's our run through the AFC. We'll hit up the NFC next time, just in time for the clock to strike on free agency and all the craziness that's going to come up with and all the takes that we've just had getting thrown off the window because everything has changed. And that's what we love about this game. We'll catch you next time with DraftCraft.